That's my God. Yes, he is far up there in the heavens, looking down on us and protecting us. But he is also right here next to us, feeling our pain. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emanuele Hecke. Um, and yes, I'm wearing a Lakers jersey today because um, love, ladies and gentlemen. Um, love is unconditional. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware that we are not going to the playoffs this year. But, um, you know, love, like I said, it, it, it's, it still remains past the trials and tribulations of life. And I just wanted to wear this jersey as a symbol of loyalty and love. So no, no smack talk, all right? But straight up, you know what I'm saying? Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Episode 143. Um, first and foremost, before I start the rest of the show, I have to give a huge thanks to everyone who showed up to Bible study on, was that, April 4th? That was on last Monday. It was an amazing Bible study. Um, we had great conversations, great questions were asked, and so on. And I love it. I, I love this Bible study stuff. So I think it's safe to say at this point, we plan to do this every first Monday of every month going forward. Um, you know, I love seeing you guys' faces. I love having, well, you know, everybody's camera be off. That's cool. No judgment. You know what I'm saying? As long as you're listening. Um, but I, lo- I love having those conversations and, and, you know, you guys are starting to, I feel like we're starting to get more comfortable and more, more people are starting to talk and everything, more people are being transparent and it's an amazing place for us. I think it's a great space um, to learn, you know, the word of God and be very biblical about everything that we do, biblical about every answer that we offer to anybody there that has a question. And I'm excited for what we continue to do as we move forward. So I, I love you guys. Honestly, I really do. Um, and also, man, to everybody who's been donating to us, a big thank you to you. It, like I say, and I think I need to start the episodes off, every episode off by saying thank you to people who are donating. Um, it is a blessing, the seeds that you are sowing into this ministry. Um, and I pray that for everybody who is sowing that those seeds, I pray that God makes you sufficient in all things. Um, I pray that God continues to sustain you and that and that God gives you abundance, man. And, and even those who haven't given, I I. I I pray this over everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like that God help us to be financially free, help us to be, you know, take care of our families, take care of business and so on, man. Um, and if you haven't donated or if you have donated and you like to donate again, you feel it on your heart to donate at any point in time to this ministry and the things that we are doing and the projects that we have planned, then you can make that donation a tax, du- tax deductible donation um, to www.unnatchedassociated.com slash donate. So let's get to this week's episode, ladies and gentlemen. It's very hot in this room. We're getting there. We are getting into, I don't think spring really exists in San Diego um, anymore. Like, I think it's just like we're going straight to summer. I almost pulled out the sweat the sweat rag. You guys know me. You know, I don't have a handkerchief, but I do have a sweat rag. I almost, I almost pulled them out, but I think we're going to be good for today. But uh, we're going to get into this episode. It's really kind of inspired by last week's episode. Last week, I talked about God being an approachable God. I think it's very important for us to see God as approachable because he wants us to see him as our refuge. He wants us to come to him 
right? Whenever we have problems, whenever we're feeling sad, we don't have to hide the fact that we're sad because we're Christian. We can be very transparent with our sadness, especially transparent and vulnerable with God. And we can have the hope in our hearts that because we have cried out to God and he hears our cries, he's going to be there to deliver us from our afflictions, right? But there was something I said in the beginning of that episode that I think, you know, it posed the entire episode and it also is the central theme of this episode, right? Um, and the point that I made in the beginning was that why it was important for me to have that conversation, a last week's conversation, and why it's important for me to, to have this week's conversation is because God is the ultimate ruler and authority of all everything, right? And I think that psychologically, I'm no psychiatrist, but I definitely know that this is a real thing because it's evident in my life. You know, we have these other, in, in our physical world, we have these people who are, you know, um, figures of authority, right? And, you know, there are certain negative traits that these people have that we have in our lives, right? And if we're not careful, we can associate these negative traits with like all like figures of authority that we ever come in contact with. And I'll break it down, right? Think of all like the figures of authority in your life, right? Authoritative figures in your life. You have the president and no knock on Joe Biden, but like president in general, right? Like you have presidents, um, you have rulers of nations, um, you have law enforcement, um, you have teachers, you have parents. We can even go as close to home as parents in your own household. And the reality is we're talking about human beings who have sinful natures, who have ulterior motives. And sometimes they portray these negative traits, right? If I can sum some of them up, I know there's a long list of the negative traits that humans can hold. If I were to sum some of them up, the negative traits that we commonly associate with people in position of power is they're unapproachable, right? I don't think that the president or any ruler of any nation is the most approachable person, right? Maybe they are to their family, but definitely not to man-man. Um, rulers of nations seem to be unapproachable. Some some of these people, the authoritative figures, they're very arrogant, right? They're very unforgiving as well. Um, they're they're very inconsiderate and they're very unrelatable. Those are big things. And I think the biggest one I want to talk about is that a lot of people in position of power in our lives seem to be very, very, very uncompassionate. And if we're not careful, right, we see all these rulers and authority. We see all these authoritative figures in the life. We see how uncompassionate they are. We see the negative traits that they have. And if we're not careful, there's a way that sometimes our mind can work where we associate these negative traits with the ruler of all, God, with the ruler of all, who is Yahweh. And I want to take out this time, this episode, to dispel the negative images we place on God, particularly us thinking that he is uncompassionate. To the point of today's episode, I want you to know that God is not simply a ruler Although he is a ruler, but he's not just simply the ruler that looks down on us and is completely, you know, uncompassionate, inconsiderate and apathetic towards our misfortunes, struggles and trials. Today, I'm going to talk to you about a God that weeps. I'm going to talk to you about a God that grieves. I'm going to talk to you about a God that feels our pain. And to do that, we're going to go to a story where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Um, you know, you probably are aware with this story in some way, shape or form. You probably at least heard the word Lazarus, the name Lazarus. I know there's a lot of like 
you know, movies and TV shows or something that like kind of, you know, parody, not parody it, but like are inspired by this message. Um, pretty much anything that has to do with like zombies. <laughs> I think there's like some movie that is called like Lazarus something and like it had to do with zombies or something. I'm not sure. Hold on. Let me close this window real quick. I live in San Diego, so we got a whole bunch of planes that's always moving through. But nevertheless, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the story of Lazarus. And I'm going to give you a quick backstory because it is kind of like a long story. I'm only going to read like 12 verses. Um, so I'm going to give you the backstory before we get to those 12 verses, right? So you have Jesus and his disciples. They get news that Mary and Martha, who's like, you know, people that Jesus has met prior to, you know, this uh, ordeal. They have a brother and his name is Lazarus and he's very sick and it seems like he's about to die. Jesus gets this news, right? Um, Mary and Martha and, and their brother, they live in a place called Bethany in Judea. That is not where Jesus is at. Jesus is in a different town. Um, so Jesus, rather than going right away after he hears that Lazarus is sick, he stays for two more days where he's at. And he does this on purpose. And what's communicated to us through the scripture is that Jesus plans to raise Lazarus from the dead. So he purposefully shows up late to make sure Lazarus is dead before he actually gets there. All right. So um, to, you know, begin where we're reading, we're going to go to John chapter 11, starting at verse 32. All right. So John 11, let me pull that up. Verse 32. All right, cool. It says, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Right. Because Jesus showed up late when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord. They replied. Verse 35. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the, si the sister of the dead man, by, the, by, the, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been dead there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus took up and looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always I knew that you always hear me. But I said this, excuse me, for the benefit of the people standing here, excuse me, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a, in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with stripes, with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. May God bless the hearing, reading, and understanding of his word. In Jesus name. Amen. So in this passage, we see something. We see Jesus's miraculous power to resurrect someone from the dead but that's not the reason why I pulled up this passage no the reason why I pulled up this passage was not for me to now start an entire lesson talking about how Jesus can raise you from the dead no matter how long you've been dead the reason why I wanted to focus on this passage is because of verse 35 
which I believe is the shortest verse in the entire Bible because it's only two words. And the two words in verse 35 is Jesus wept. Jesus shows up to the scene. He knows that he's going to resurrect Lazarus and he weeps. So obviously we have to ask ourselves the question, why on earth is Jesus weeping even though he's literally the solution to this problem? Why on earth is Jesus weeping even though he knows that what he's about to do is raise Lazarus from the dead? And in verse 33, it tells us why Jesus was weeping. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping, Mary weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Jesus wept because he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. He was troubled at the sight of the people who were grieving, of the people who were mourning, of the people who were crying, of the people who were hurting. And why is this so significant? Why is this the shortest verse in the Bible? Why is this so significant? It's because of what it shows me. It's significant because now I know that God feels my pain. Because God feels our pain. It's significant because for me, I needed to know, and we needed to know, God is not simply that person that's looking down and he sees us crying, says, get up. I've given you the spirit of joy. Get up. Don't you cry. What are you, what are you nuts? Don't you ever cry. There's never a time to cry. Get up. No, no. See, sometimes God is the God that before he works everything out according to his will and, and works everything out for our good. And before he solves the situation, before he fixes the situation, sometimes God is the person that puts his arm around our shoulder and he whispers into our ear. I feel you. You know, I know some people, sometimes it's not about just when you ask people for, you know, you open up to people about what you're going through and like they start to give you all these solutions, right? You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that could be annoying. I know it could be annoying for me. Sometimes I just want to vent, you know, and sometimes everybody's trying to give me solutions, but you don't got the answer, bro. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's like, but sometimes God is that person that like before he fixes the situation, he's going to fix out the situation. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them out of them all. But before he fixes it, he puts his arm around his shoulder and he can weep with us and he can grieve with us and comfort us in that time and be real and transparent with our emotions. And Jesus can weep even though he knows he's about to deliver us from this situation. He knows he's about to deliver us from this issue. He's going to fix the problem. But he wept. He feels what we feel. So what, is this, what does this mean for me, though? Right? God feels what I feel. God feels for me. For me, it's something special about knowing that when I grieve, God is grieving as well. There's something special about it. There's something special about knowing that the ruler of all creation, of all things, the almighty God, Alpha and Omega, is weeping, is grieving, is hurting, 
his heart is troubled. And it's not because the circumstances seem too big for him to overcome because no circumstance is too big for God. But at the sight of his children crying and hurting, God's heart is moved. God is not like the rest of the authoritative figures in our lives who just looks down on us and can't relate to the struggles that we go through is in compassion that just turns around the other way because they feel like something else is more important. No, my God is the one that comes down and grieves with me. My God is the one that says in Zechariah chapter 2 verse 8 that who touches us touches the apple of his eye. My God is the one that has numbered all of the hairs on my head. That's my God. Yes, he is far up there in the heavens, looking down on us and protecting us. But he is also right here next to us, feeling our pain. There's a sense of encouragement in that for me, man. One, there's a sense of encouragement to where it's like, I feel like, ah, okay. I don't have to feel bad about feeling bad. I don't have to feel bad about, you know what I'm saying? Like crying. I don't have to feel bad about being sad. You know, sometimes God really gives us that space. There's a place I believe in Ecclesiastes chapter three. There's a time for grieving. There's a time for mourning. It's so encouraging for me to know that I serve a God that understands my pain, that feels my pain, that is impacted by my pain. That is moved. His, his spirit is troubled by my pain. Because then I know he cares. Yes, I understand that what he's doing is for the sake of our edification. And yes, I understand that what he's doing is for the sake of people who need to see his glory and see his power and repent and so on. But it's not that he's just using us as some type of tool. When Jesus wept, it showed me that he genuinely cares. He does. He cares. When you're frustrated, God is grieved that you're frustrated. When you're harmed, God is grieved that you're harmed. That is his, the emotions that he has. When you're depressed, God is grieved that you are depressed. When you're crying, God is grieved that you're crying. He cares about what's bothering you. I think the only next logical answer is then why does he allow it then, bruh? If he cares so much about the things that we're going through, then and then he's grieved by it, then why he allowed in the first place? You might you might have been Mary and Martha asking that same question, telling them if you had been here, then Lazarus wouldn't have died. And even other people, this guy's the same guy that healed the blind. Could he not have just healed this sick guy? If God is so grieved by the issues that I go through and Jesus wept, then why on earth? Did he even allow those situations to come to pass in the first place? Why on earth is he allowing us to suffer? Why on earth is he allowing us to go through all these hurtful things in life to begin with? In verse 41 and 42, where we were reading, Jesus says something around the lines that I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Early on, he was talking to the disciples. He said that you're going to get to see the glory of God today. It seems to me that the reason why he allowed Lazarus to die was literally to resurrect him. 
because his disciples and Mary and Martha and everybody who's around there would have no choice but to, well, they always have a choice. But they could see, they could see that evidence. They could see the power of Jesus. Sometimes, man, the reason why we are going through what we are going through is because we need to see the power in the name of Jesus that is going to bring us out of that situation. And that is evidence to us. He truly is the son of God. That is evidence to us that there is nothing can overcome him. That is evidence to us that, man, when I put my faith in Jesus, he will see me through. There's just like one saying that people say, like, how would you know that God can, you know, fix your problems if you never had any? There are pains that we as God's children go through and he allows it. You know, because he's going to have his glory shine through the outcome of that working together for your good. He's going to have the glory shine through that. He's going to have the glory shine through you coming out on the other end and everybody asking, how on earth did you do it? And then seeing the power of God overwhelm your life. And interestingly enough, when they see the glory of God and they recognize the power that is in the name of Jesus. And they believe in Jesus, they now accept a ticket into an eternal life where there will be no suffering, there will be no sorrow, there will be no death, there will be no pain, there will be no tears. Maybe that's why Apostle Paul said in Romans 8.18 that the sufferings that we endure right now cannot compare to the glory that shall be revealed in us on that amazing day when everything is complete and we are fully resurrected as perfect living with God for all of eternity. You know, God has a goal. We see this goal in Genesis. We see this goal in Revelations that one day all of him and his children are going to live in perfect happiness. But have you ever made a goal in life and you knew that it was inevitable that there were going to be trials and tribulations and times where you would grieve and times where you would suffer and times where things would move you and, and, and hurt your feelings and so on. But the reason why you still said yes to this goal is because you know that at the end of the day, all of that will completely be worth it. I feel like that's how God is. When he said that I'm going to create a being that has free will, they're going to choose to be with me by their free will. They're going to choose to not be with me by their free will. And he recognizes that Adam and Eve are going to turn against him. He recognizes he's going to have to put in a redemptive plan before the foundations of the earth. Christ had died for our sins. He understands all that. He understands that his children are going to have to suffer and so on. But he allows it because somehow, some way, at the end of all of this, his goal will be complete. Him living with his children in perfection. No sorrow. No sin. No issues. No pain. Jesus wept, ladies and gentlemen. He wept. 
alongside God having an eternal outlook on our lives, he also has real-time reactions and responses to the things that we are going through. Yes, he is a God who sits on the circle of the earth, like it says in Isaiah 40, but he's also the God that understands our pain. He's also the one that's moved and troubled in his spirits whenever we are moved and troubled in our spirit. And we can be comforted knowing that because of this man, God has already set a plan in motion. God is going to do something about it, man. And in a way, he already has. You know, one thing that I always resort to whenever I feel like I don't really feel God's love is I read like towards the end of Matthew, the process, the entire process of Jesus being taken away and crucified, beaten, battered and bruised and so on, man. And, you know, I read it from the Garden of Gethsemane to the place where he actually breathes his last breath. And man, it's, it's so captivating. We're talking about a God who came down in the flesh. To literally be beaten, battered, and bruised, humiliated by his own creation for the sake of his own creation. One place that always gets me is when the, the son in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, talks to the father and he says that if there's any other way that this can be done, let this cup pass from me. At this point, Jesus was distressed. He was sweating. He was distressed. He knew that he was going to have to be beaten, battered, and bruised, humiliated, spat on, mocked on the cross, die a, a, a suffering, slow death in front of his own mockers, and have the weight of the world's sin placed on his shoulders. Hmm. Man, oh man. <sighs> and when, when Jesus said, is there any other way? The father replied to Jesus, and although this isn't written down, but obviously we know based on the events that followed it, that the father's reply was, nah. Because I want Emmanuel. Nah, because the person that's listening to this podcast, I want them. You can't tell me that my God is not compassionate. We're talking about the ruler of all cares that much about me and you. Someone that touches you is like touching the apple of his eye. Man, be comforted in knowing that God is your comfort. Be comforted in knowing that God understands you and feels you. He understands you and he feels you. And he's going to do something about it. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for this message. Thank you so much for this time. I give you all the praise, glory, and honor, Father. You are everything. And I'm so thankful for this time that you've given us to understand that you are a compassionate God. Help us to not take that compassion for granted, but follow you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, O oh God. And always be understanding and recognizing your goodness and your love and your compassion in our lives as we go through it, as we go through it. Help us to lean on you as our refuge and as our comforter. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Um, go out into this week relying on our Father to get you through. Love you guys. I'll see you guys soon. Peace.